It's official, we finally know who is making Rick and Morty pinball, and it is no other, and I think it's it's being made by the right people, it's no other than Spooky Pinball. I mean, how exciting is it that Spooky Pinball is going to make Rick and Morty pinball, and it's going to be Scott Denisi designed, and it's a theme. I won't lie to you. Even though I don't know much about Rick and Morty, I do know people love, love this theme. And I've been inundated with people super excited that Rick and Morty pinball is coming. And what do we think? I mean, the trailer just went up about 30 seconds before I started recording this podcast. So I think we have to congratulate Spooky Pinball on landing what what is, I, I keep hearing from people, an amazing theme for pinball, okay? And so here's why I think it's important for Spooky too. You know, they're, they're going to make 750 Rick and Morty games, and that's it. See, what I like about this now is Spooky Pinball continues to grow at a pace in which all of their games, even though they don't have to call these games limited edition games, they don't have to call these games collector's editions, they don't have to call them anything. By nature, spooky pinball games are limited. And if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, which there are millions of fans, and they nail this game, this game is going to sell out pretty damn quickly. And, and, and that's it. Now, we don't know, we don't know, if they are going to, uh, you know, announce that they are only making 750, or if that's just one year's production of the game, because you know, Spooky Pinball can always go back and remake a game or do a vault edition of a game. But for now, I think this company has always done it right, and they've grown at the right pace. And so we know nothing other than they're the ones doing it. It's not going to be Stern Pinball, okay? Which is refreshing. Which is refreshing. And and I will say this. There are people out there, and you know who they are, maybe you're one of these people, who if you have a dream theme, you don't really want Stern to make it. You would rather it go somewhere else where it's going to get some different kinds of love and attention. But here's the thing, here's the thing, Spooky Pinball Games to date, you know, they haven't really sort of been at the same level or caliber uh, in terms of what's in them as some of the other competitors out there. Uh, so we know that this will be a Scott game and it will be a multi-layered game. It's not going to be single level uh, or multi-level game. You know, what will we see mechanically from Spooky Pinball? We know that the artwork on their games has been phenomenal recently. If I had to guess who is doing the art package on this game, I would probably think Matt Andrews will do it, who did the artwork uh, with Scott Denisi on TNA. Uh, I, I don't know who's coding the game. I don't know anything. We None of us know anything. We just know that this game is coming out. Uh, it's going to be available starting Christmas 2019, which is exciting too because we knew that they were wrapping up production of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle this week, and now we're getting a new game from them. So I just want to congratulate Spooky Pinball on landing this theme. I think it's going to sell like gangbusters. Uh, only questions I would have, what's the price going to be? Knowing that it's a licensed theme, knowing that it has uh, voice over work from one of the uh, voice actors of the show, which is awesome, by the way. When you get someone associated with the theme to do original voiceover work in the pinball machine, it changes everything. It changes everything. 
I mean, Batman 66 having call-outs from Adam West and Burt Ward. Um, Veruca Salt doing call-outs for Willy Wonka. It just, it just adds so much more of a personal touch to the pinball experience when that occurs. So I think that's great news as well. All right. So how much will it be? When are they going to start shipping games? It's going to be soon. That's what's great too. Spooky Pinball is no longer going to reveal a game and make people wait six months. So I fully expect this thing to be on the line in the next few weeks and out the door. And and now it sort of makes sense why why Chuck had the whole you know spooky fan club thing where if you signed up you get first dibs on their next game. They must know they have a hot title. Uh, and I'm and I'm happy. I'm happy for them. I want them to have a game that just sells out in one day uh, because there's enough fans, and we can't say it enough. Theme is everything. It's everything. It's not just a little bit. It's everything when it comes to pinball. Why would you want to own a pinball machine that has a theme that doesn't excite you? Why would you want to spend so much money on a toy that is a theme that it's, it does, you don't want to bolt to your floor? It's everything. It's everything. It, I, mean, it, it, we, it's, it, I would say like 80% of what would make someone want to play a pinball machine and buy a pinball machine is theme, okay? Yes, to own it and want to keep it for years, obviously you need some code and and some longevity in that area, but theme is everything. Now, speaking of theme is everything, I heard Stern Pinball in 2019 had its best year ever. Best year ever. Best sales year in the history of Stern Pinball 2019. And then you might ask yourself, well, did Stern Pinball make the best pinball machines ever in its company's history in 2019? Uh, You know, let's look at the games. You've got Munsters. You've got Black Knight. You've got Jurassic Park. Easily going to be the best game of the year. It's going to win. Keith Elwin did it again. Uh, What else? What else did we have in in 2019 from Stern? Uh, Elvira, House of Horrors, okay? I mean, good games. Uh, Star Wars two years ago, Ghostbusters two, three years ago, you know, Batman a year ago, two years ago, Um, you know, but here's the thing. The reason why Stern had its best year ever because it is not because of the games that came out in 2019 because unlike everybody else, Stern Pinball doesn't just sell you brand new games from one year production lines. They sell you games from multiple years of production lines. So by that, I mean, if I walk into, let's let's go down the list. If I walk into American Pinball today, I can get a Houdini or I could get in October Fest, right? Two games without a lot of demand. If I walk into, let's see, who's next? Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, really, the only game you can get that's brand new on the line is Willy Wonka. I think, obviously, distributors still have dialed-ins. Distributors still have um, Wizard of Oz, you know, Yellow Brick Roads, and they're remaking Ruby Reds again. Uh, but that's a seven-year-old game. But for the most part, if you go to Jersey Jack Pinball and you buy directly from Jersey Jack, I pretty much the only game you're going to get is the current game, Willy Wonka, on the line. But if you go to Stern Pinball, I mean, it's just this is when I when I say theme is everything. Stern Pinball will sell you these themes: Star Wars. Okay, stop right there. Star Wars, Jurassic Park, The Beatles, Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Trek, Batman, Iron Maiden, 
The Munsters, Black Knight, Elvira, House of Horrors, right? I mean, just, just there alone. And they're about to add to this list Stranger Things, people. On top of all of that, Stranger Things and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into that mix. It, it's just like a never-ending all-star lineup of games. And so here's the thing. Speaking of Stranger Things, here's what I'm hearing. Here's the rumor that Stranger Things will ship to consumers before Christmas, that people will unbox Stranger Things pinball from Brian Eddy this year before the year is up, before the you know Christmas songs are sung under the Yule Log. Is it under the Yule Log? I don't even know what I'm saying right now. So I'm hearing that they're going to announce this game or reveal it in the next couple weeks, and then on December 23rd, pro versions of the game a limited run of pro versions of the game will be going out to distributors and customers, which means people will ostensibly get them before Christmas because there'll be same-day drop-offs for people. So that is what I'm hearing. Now, Stranger Things, how do we feel about this game? I mean, obviously, it's a juggernaut theme. Obviously, people are hoping that it's a non-traditional Stern fanboy layout. Brian Eddy. See, that's the most exciting thing to me is Brian Eddy is making this game. And I think the reason why people sort of tend to look at Stern Machines and be like, well, they're, they're, it's always the cookie-cutter layouts. I, well, Stern really has been using the same designers over and over and over and over and over and over again. So if you want new layouts, you bring new designers on board. Like, that's how it works. Everyone has a signature style to them. I mean, Keith Elwin, he designs differently than John Borg. And there's a reason why you see a lot of similarities in John Borg games. It's just the way he does his pins. It's how he likes to design. And so Brian Eddy, Brian Eddy, who has designed some of the greatest pinball machines of all time. I mean, his Medieval Madness, I think, just got dethroned by Keith Elwin as number one. So the real, the real hope is that Brian Eddy will bring the Brian Eddy magic to Stern. And he'll make Stranger Things unbelievable. And so it's going to be it's going to be interesting because we are just coming off of a machine in which the, the the T-Rex toy was an awesome mechanism and I've said it Stern I believe will continue to advance and put more in the games. They're making so much money without doing it, but I still believe they will do it. I do. I I, I don't think they're going to go in the other direction. Uh, and we'll, we'll we we'll tell right away. Because Brian Eddy is a guy that loves toys and gimmicks and, and loves to put mechanisms in his machines that are pretty magical and awesome. So if we don't see that in Stranger Things, then I think we'll be hugely, hugely disappointed in, in, in the offering. And it's a, it's a juggernaut theme. I mean, the questions still remain, what kind of assets are we going to get? Are we going to get clips from the show? Are we going to get the nostalgic 80s music that makes that show so popular? I highly doubt it. I mean, something about licensing music, it's really expensive. I, see, that's the thing where I think Stern will, will cut the corner. Is, is I don't think they will spend the extra dough to get this stuff in the game, to make the game as great as possible. They won't, and we know they won't. I mean, we know that. We know they will find a way to keep the bomb at whatever price they need it to be at. And if, if that means we don't have, you know, uh, you know, take on me from aha inside the game, it means we don't have take on me aha inside the game. 
It's just, you know, Aha's take on me. You know the song. You know, they, they play that in Stranger Things. I think it's the prom scene in, in season two. But never-ending story. I mean, how are you going to do season three if you don't have that song? So we're, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But Stern's been able to get licensed music in other games, so we'll see what happens here. But I'm not surprised. You know, I just saw a, um, a Pinside post about uh, how, you know, Stern's layouts lack creativity, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, here we go again. Here we go again. Pinball, pinball hobbyists upset with pinball. <laughs> you know, here, here's, here's, here's the most important thing. Nobody's making you buy anything. I don't get why people like wake up like that upset. I mean, look, on this podcast, we talk about these things. We debate these things. But I've always said it. It doesn't matter. None of this really matters. Like, it's pinball. Like, it's sort of stupid. Sometimes, you know, all you got to do is ask some of your friends who are not into pinball. Just listen to a pinball podcast, and within five minutes, they'll, they'll be like, what is wrong with you? Anyway, so, you know, I, I think that Stern understands that theme is like really the most important thing. And and also theme is the reason why I think people keep a game and I think people let a game go. And and Batman 66, my super limited edition, it is sold to a great guy. I, I'm just figuring out how to get it to him because of the winter months. Got to get Fast Eddie over here to pack it up. But here's the thing. And, and Brenda asked me a question. She's like, are you going to miss this game? Like, are you going to regret selling Batman? And I said to her, like, I think the game is great. I think the game is a lot of fun. But I said, babe, let me ask you a question. You've known me now for over five years. In that five-year period of time, how many times did you ever hear me say, I can't, like, I love the Adam West Batman? How many times have we watched Adam West Batman shows? How many times has this show ever come up in conversation ever, right? And the answer is zero. It's just not a theme that I am like that, that into. I think it's a great theme for pinball. I think it is the best coded game that maybe Lyman has ever done. I think it's the best use of assets that Stern maybe has ever done in a game for sure. But it, it's, it's, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it for almost two years, maybe two years now, and I'm ready to move on to something else. And, and it's not a knock on the game. I think it's a natural cycle of, of a toy, of a game, right? How many of you are playing video games that are five years old still? I mean, I mean, probably all you guys are. You guys are all into like nostalgia. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? And I also feel good about clearing everything out. I, I'm looking forward to, to not having any games for a while and to just sit back and say to myself, what do you really want, Chris? Like, what, what, what do you really want to put in your bedroom? You know, do you want to put any games back in? Do you want to put one game? Do you want to put two? What's the game that's going to make you want to own it? And I've just been doing a lot of soul searching and thinking about this hobby in general. You know, there's so much to look forward to. There's so much uh, expectations about what's to come. But I also, I've been in this hobby long enough to know that the majority of games coming out won't live up to our expectations of them. They won't. They, they just won't do it. And I don't believe the excuses that there's only so much you can do with a pinball machine. I don't believe that. I think creativity in this hobby is sorely lacking. It is. There, there's, there's just no way that this is all it can be. And because we've seen better, we've seen more creative thinking with games. 
We've seen lower play fields in which the flippers are upside down and you use a mirror to give the illusion that it's, we've seen amazing stuff in games. And then I just, I look at the majority of these games today and I do, I think so many of them are, are good, a little bit uninspired, a little bit cheaper than they should be, a little bit less in there than there should be. They're beautiful and they're reliable for the most part. Um, but there's just something about the price point with where these games are that just keeps eating away a little bit at my enjoyment. But here's the easiest way to still enjoy the hobby without falling into that trap is you just say to yourself, I don't need to buy anything. I don't need to buy what's next. I don't need to buy every new game. I can wait till games come out. I can wait till they're actually finished coded. I can buy it secondhand in mint condition pretty much and have it at my house in a few days and, and save myself thousands of dollars. But that that's not a message that a lot of people want to tell you and they don't want you to think that. Like Stern doesn't want you to wake up and start to think that way. The distributors don't want you to wake up and start to think that way. They want to get you into that hype cocoon in which you have to have it. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that the exit is right there. If you're feeling like too much pressure or you've lost some enjoyment from the hobby, you don't have to go all in on everything. You don't have to go all in on the hobby even. You got to find the balance. And and I know it's hard. I know it's hard. You, you, you get bit by the pinball bug. But for me, it's really easy because I'm limited by space. And also, everything comes to New York City. Every game will come through here in one shape or another. And you can play them for me in a way that's as close to home use only as it gets. Like these barcades here, like like Jack Bar and, and Sunshine and, you know, you know a Pioneer Bar. Like the games are in great condition for the most part. Modern pinball. I mean, you, I, I can go get my fix and not feel like, like I, I, I can't experience or enjoy these games. I mean, I was also just imagining a world in which, imagine just a world in which home buying and home use pinball didn't even exist and we went back to just going out to enjoy pinball the games would be designed differently again there's something about the way they're designed for the home uh, that has pros and cons to it I, I really do believe that I think they've made the games prettier but they also want to make them more reliable because they don't have techs working on them like arcades had technicians so these games have become more simplified from a mechanical standpoint uh, and 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 that sucks. We, we want them to be both mechanically complex, easy to understand and play, uh, look great, not break down. I mean, the checklist of what people want in their home is so much longer than the checklist was back in the day when it was just like, oh, we need a good theme. It needs to do awesome stuff. And then this game's out of here in a year and we're going to rotate in new games. Like that's not the way it is with the home buyers. Okay. So theme is everything. Theme is everything. So I can't wait to see where my money goes. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? So the P3 multimorphic thread has a little bit of life in it. It's I've seen some people posting, and the platform, as Jerry calls it, uh, people are waiting to see what's the game going to be that finally showcases what the platform is all about. And I saw someone posted something that I was just like, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. And he basically, to paraphrase, he said, look, Jerry needs to stop selling us on the platform. 
I mean, it's always about the platform, what the platform's capable of, all these variety of games to show you the modular systems and to pop this game in and out, to pop this artwork on and off. And it's just like, enough. Just make a great game. You need to wow us with a game. And that's it. And no one gives a crap about platforms. They don't care about all the other stuff. If the game's not great, who cares if you're swapping in and out three to four mediocre games? I'd rather just take one permanent game that's great. And everyone feels that way. Not everybody tells Jerry that, but everybody feels that way. And this is it. He's got one shot left to show us the game that has all of it. Or else, I just wish Jerry would just use, he'd just go back and make normal pinball. I just, I, I, he's such a smart guy. He's such a smart guy. But eventually, you have to like, you have to go where the money is and you have to go where the demand is. And you got to stop thinking you're the next Steve Jobs trying to make a product people don't know they want, but they're going to want it. It's been out for seven years. Not selling. Needs a game. Needs a great game. Speaking of next game, why is it? Let me ask you a question. Do you ever hear Stern Pinball tell you when they're going to reveal their next title? Never. Does Stern Pinball ever tell you like, you know, what event they're going to be at when they pull back the curtain? I don't think so. Do they tell you months in advance, four months in advance, hey, our next game's going to be here? Nope. So why is it that Joe Balser has already, already told everybody the next American pinball game is going to be at TPF? Why would you do that? Joe, why? Why is that a marketing strategy? Hey, it's going to be at TPF. I get it. Again, no one really cares. But I'm just saying, no one seems to learn how to launch these games. It's so damn easy. Don't promise a date don't tell people when your game's going to be ready until it's actually finished don't even reveal it to the world until it's on the line that's what stern pinball does every time so well now we know tpf the next american pinball game now tpf is still like december january february march four months away four months away i can't imagine much is on the line over at american pinball other than the flying dutchman <laughs> gonna order 15 of those um, I can't imagine what's on the line right now. And so now we have to wait four months and it's going to be at TPF. The problem with revealing games at TPF and not doing it before the show is very simple. If you don't reveal a game before a show, you then don't have games in boxes for distributors to, to, for people to pick up. You also, you also sometimes miss a day or two of having the game on the show floor because normally... You know, you, if you don't get a Friday slot or a Thursday slot to reveal it, you might miss a day or two. Uh, but here's, you know, I, 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 you know how I believe. I don't think you even need shows to reveal games. I mean, Stern Pinball doesn't do it. You just, you just need to put the title out there. Let the distributors, let people know it's available. Uh, I just hope that when they reveal this game, it's on the line. Like, they, they can't do another six-month wait to get the game. That Those days are just over. Now, unfortunately... And here's the risk they take. Here's the big risk. They're going to reveal this game like two or three days after uh, Deep Root Pinball shows us the final package. And, and Robert does the entire Deep Root auditorium reveal of, of what the real secret sauce is over at Deep Root. Now, here's the problem. If, if that presentation in March by Deep Root really hits and, 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 and coming out of it, People are super excited, and the innovations that we've been promised are, are impressive. I, I mean, I'd hate to reveal a more traditional approach to pinball right after it. 
That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I mean, if they say this and this and this, and then all of a sudden you've got none of that in a American pinball package, it, it, it could make it hard to get people in on the game. Uh, I, and I, we all know that American pinball needs this game to be a hit. And from what they said, they said I would be impressed. And they know I'm a little bit of a cynic when it comes to being impressed in pinball. So I hope it, I hope it works out for them. But anyway, that's what's happening in March. All right. Now, I heard there's nine Big Lebowskis that are about to go to new customers uh, from Cointaker. Now, look, if you want a Big Lebowski next week, all you got to do this Sunday night, my auction ends. The highest bid right now is 15.5. Now, we can get this bid up more. I know all of you out there listening, if you want a Big Lebowski, just email me your price and we'll put it up. Canadapinball uh, at gmail.com. And Sunday night at midnight, Whoever has the highest bid in, whether on my Facebook page or my email address, you get the game. And here's what's going to happen. You pay me the money and you get the game's going to go on a truck next week and you get your big Lebowski from Cointaker, from the people that are, you know, helping, you know, service customers. Guaranteed delivery from Cointaker, all right? And there's I guarantee there's a game inside the box, all right? It's not just Barry jumping out of the box being like, believe my lies, believe my lies. I can make 500 on my own. I can do it. I can do it. Why do, why do you want to run the gamble? You're going to get this game. And here's the thing. You can feel good about buying this one because your money over 12.5 will go to Project Pinball. All right? All right. Look, I'm not going to... There's been other people talking about how they don't... They're not upset about the Star Wars topper. I don't really care. Star Wars is the biggest miss game ever, and there's just no way around it. The game's a mess. Game's a mess. Game was poorly designed, too hard to get into the hyperloop. The code is the code is a mess. It's a layered mess. It, there, there's no way that that coding should be like that in that game. No way. They butchered the storyline. All right. Now speaking of coding, here's what here's here's what I'm curious, and and I don't know what you guys think. So I was listening to the Steve Bowden interview on uh i think it was i, I want to say special one lit no not but no 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 sorry it was uh why am i slam tilt sorry slam tilt podcast now when when i listen to steve talk and this is i think going to be the challenge for for steve as a coder and i think every coder is challenged by this there's two things a coder needs to do a coder needs to give you a pathway to scoring Right, need to know how to like score because the objective in pinball, uh, half of it is to get a score. It, it's how we measure success. Now, I would argue that I wish someone would approach coding differently. Like, why can't it just be how many dinosaurs did you capture? Why can't that be it? Or how many villains did you jail before the game ended? Right, and then if there's a tie, why not have a like tiebreaker ball that each player gets to do? Like, I, I. I don't think people have thought about how to code games differently in a way that is could get away from only the scoring approach being the objective in games. I, I think that is outdated. Okay, so but but that is like one goal of a coder is to give you the the score pathway. The other is the pathway through the game and the moments of the game and the modes of the game. But the real challenge is this. And this is going to be, you know, interesting to see if Steve Bowden has this gift, because I hear people say like, "Oh, well, he's he knows pinball. He's a pinball guy. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna nail it." The real gift in coding, to me, if you were to ask me, the gift in coding 
is about making moments happen in a machine. And, you know, I'll give you an example of like when I saw this, I was like, okay, even though I'm upset about other parts of the the assets in the game, Willy Wonka's office, that when Joe Katz coded that mode in which half the lights are on and half are off, that's a moment. It's a magical moment in which he made the machine do something really awesome. All right, get that kind of goosebump feeling when you get into a mode like that. When you when you get to there and back again in Lord of the Rings, something about that, right? The way the music changed. Or even my favorite ever in Lord of the Rings, when you destroy the ring and the whole game goes haywire. That's a moment you'll never forget. It's a moment you want to keep getting back to. Okay? When the disappearing magnet happens in Toad in it. I know I know I give examples, guys, of games that I've owned. I mean, sorry. But you know that you don't talk about like when when the ball, when Sparky, when you start that Sparky multi-ball on Metallica, that's a moment with the lights going crazy and it's like you know, just the things shaking. Awesome. Okay? Now that's gonna be Bowden's challenge. Can he make a game that gives us moments like that? That makes us feel something, not just scoring. And sometimes I get a little bit worried when, you know, these guys are so into tournament play are also behind the coding because I sometimes don't know where, what, you know, what excites them because to them, like what might be exciting is play field multipliers and how you get one. And I'm like, I don't give a crap about play field multipliers. Never have, never will. And I think the majority of you don't give a crap either. All right. So we'll see. All will be revealed come March. Now, look, when Raza gets shown in March, I hope it's done. I, you know, I, I, I really hope it's not some, you know, 35% coded or 50% coded. All right. All right. So I asked you guys, I got some emails. I asked you guys to, uh, to email me your top five pinball dream theme. So I'm going to, I'm going to read out answers I got from people. Okay. Now, before I do that, I want to talk about the Twippies real quick. So uh, the Twippies are now officially taking, uh, there's like a preliminary voting on the write-in categories of the Twippies. Now, I'm not worried. I, I know that we will be included in the drop-down category for Best Pinball Podcast. Um, I really hope you vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast. You know it means a lot, and I appreciate everyone who votes for me. I appreciate every listener I have on this show. I appreciate everyone who gets their family members to vote who've never listened to me. Uh, and I hope we win it again this year. So I'm excited about that. But I want you to go and and place your votes at the Twippies and show support for the Twippies because Jeff and you know Greg and Zach and the whole committee over there, uh, I think Steve Bowden's on the committee too, they all do a great job with this show. And Ed at, at TPF hosting the show. I, I do think it is one of the most positive and exciting moments of the year in pinball. And I know the manufacturers love it. I know the hardworking people behind the scenes who get recognized and, you know, during the Twippies love it. Uh, and, and it's just a great thing. So I, I think you guys should go um, you know, place your votes. Um, and then, but here's the thing, that that's not your vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast. That's not your final vote. You do have to go back uh, January 1st through January 30th and vote again. So just don't be confused there that if you vote it now that your vote's tallied. It's not. You need to vote again. I think that's right. So, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? All right. 
Let's read some of your emails. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Top five from Paul Molinari. Hey, brother, hope you had a good Thanksgiving with friends and family. Here are his top five. Top Gun, Big Trouble in Little China, Beetlejuice, Spaceballs, and Goonies. There are so many 80s movies nostalgia titles to choose from, but I have to give it to those ones. Okay, well, Paul, those are all great themes. And you know me, I believe that 80s nostalgia is the sweet spot if you want to hit a home run with a pinball theme. All right, Thomas Batson said, uh, in reverse order, Back to the Future number five, Strange Brew number four, number three, Gremlins, number two, Goonies, and number one, Beetlejuice. Interesting, two Beetlejuice votes, and we know that Stern Pinball passed on making Beetlejuice. I got an email from, let's see, Motivated Lawn Service. Who's this? I don't know who it is. Number one, Rush from Stern. Number two, Cobra Kai Premium Stern. Number three, Killer Clowns from Spooky. Number four, Stranger Things from Stern. Well, you're going to get your wish there. Number five, Superman 78 Zod Premium from Stern. I love the very the very specific version and variation of the game. And he also put number six, Transformers G1 Vault. All right. I like those. I like those all. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. We got an email from This Week in Pinball. No. Okay. This is again this is this is not a top five, but this the subject was this is from James uh, James G. He says Poker Run. He said, Canada, after all you have said about American Pinball and their poor choice of titles, is it possible that American Pinball is going to choose Poker Run as a title? As head-to-head Pinball pointed out, the Valkyries, Sherlock Holmes, and Robin Hood trademarks have been abandoned. A notice of allowance was issued in July for Poker Run. Remember American posted pictures of keys a few months back as a hint. Apparently, a poker run involves driving around to different locations, thus the pictures of car keys. Since you like to speculate, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Well, my opinion will never change. If you make poker run, you will most likely sell very, very few of them. And I hope it is not poker run. The same way I hoped it was not going to be Oktoberfest. What is a poker run? I'm just Googling it right now. Poker run. A poker run is an organized event in which participants, usually using motorcycles, all-terrain vehicles, boats, snowmobiles, horses on foot, or other means of transportation, must visit five to seven checkpoints, drawing a playing card at each one. The object is to have the best poker hand at the end of the run. Okay, well, that's probably the most unrelatable thing on planet Earth. That's an activity that sounds like only 0.0001% of people have ever even done or accomplished. So if you want to make a theme and not sell pinball, then you make poker run. Okay, it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. This is this is a terrible. This is almost this is like more obscure than any any activity I've ever heard. Like even Cannonball Run would be better because at least people have seen the movie. I mean, Poker Run just has absolutely 
I don't know, absolutely no. It, 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 is it European? Like, wh- where is this done? Do you, do you know anyone who's ever done a poker run? I don't. But do you know anyone who likes Batman? Do you, know, do you know anyone who watches Rick and Morty? Do you know anyone who listens to Alice Cooper? Do you know anyone who's seen Willy Wonka? You see what I'm saying? Don't be stupid. I hope they're not listening to this being like, oh, crap, it's too late. We did it. I can't I can't imagine it's going to be that. All right? All right, let me go some some more emails. Then I got to go order dinner. You might I'm, My voice is a little hoarse tonight because I had my holiday party last night. Killed me. Killed me. Absolutely killed me. All right, Steve Paradis says, Canada, top themes. Do not want it made by Stern. I love that clarification. If that's not shade, I don't know what is. Just He's like, here's what I love. Please, Stern, don't ruin what I love. Okay, number one, The Expanse. And I have seen it. If you have not watched it, you should see season three is the best sci-fi TV ever. Season four starts on the 13th as Amazon original. All right, I need to watch season uh, three. I think I've seen season two halfway through, The Protomolecule. It's just, it's just, it's a good show. It is a good show. It's, it, it, it keeps your attention. Uh, do I think The Expanse would sell? But that wasn't the question. Uh, it's dream theme. So, that you're, Steve, you're allowed to love it. And then Aliens. He said, yes, I know Highway Pinball, but I've never seen or played this machine, and it was never really available. Can't think of five. I do agree with Matrix and Transformers, the movie. I loved that movie as a child. Unicron blown away. He said, I need your advice. I have a deposit down for a medieval madness royal. I am not rich. 10K is a lot of money to me. You obviously are really good with making smart pinball purchases. Is it hard to gauge this as there are no numbers released? I have been going back and forth if I'm going through with the purchase. Not asking if I should buy or not. Just if you have any details. Are they actually sold out now? Any idea how many were made? My wife and I do love the game. It's our favorite of all time. All right, Steve, great question. Great question. And and, and here's the thing. I, I don't think we're ever going to get a number of Royals made. Uh, I think that number will remain secret as to, for some reason, as to not upset the LE owners. But every LE owner knows there's less Royals than LE, so it's more limited. Um, I think at 10K... A royal edition of Medieval Madness um, will be a good buy for you. And here's why. I don't think you're going to lose value on the game. I don't. I think if you love it and you enjoy it, the game is gorgeous. I mean, it's, it, people have sent me photos when they saw it at IAPA, and it's, it's, it's incredible looking. And, and they, they, went, they went the extra mile and put so much in that game for $10,000. I mean, it's laughable what's in that game for $10,000 and then what's in Elvira Signature Edition. So I think you're good. I think you're good. I think it's a game that you might be able to play, enjoy, and if you ever sell it, I really think these games are going to hold their value and and you're not going to be out much money. So just maintain it, take good care of it, uh, and and, go in on it. Now, you don't need a Royal. You could always get the other editions and save money. Uh, but if you if if it is your favorite game, like you said, and you know you want to treat yourself, I wouldn't look at it like we're losing ten thousand dollars. And you know you're you're acquiring a toy that you can play that's holding its value very nicely. So I, that's what I would do if I were you. All right, all right. Let's see what else we got. Themes, trippies. I got Kelly Daniel said, I am asking all of our fans to early vote for us for best location. 
I'm also asking them to write in Canada Pinball Podcast for Best Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Um, you should win hands down. You are most deserving. And Kelly's place is the Pinball Palace in Brunswick, Georgia. So, Kelly, thank you for emailing me. Now, everyone who listens to this show, if you don't know of a place to write in for for location, how about throwing Kelly a bone and voting for the Pinball Palace in Brunswick, Georgia? Kelly, thank you for the note. All right, and thank you for the votes. And thank you for asking your people there to vote for me as well. I got to get merchandise going. I got to get it going so people can wear it. All right, I got top five from Mark uh, Nellis. He said, you asked everyone to mail in their top five unmade games. Here are his. Toho Godzilla. All right, he said, the screen should have clips from the old movies. It should have a mechanical Godzilla similar to the T-Rex in Jurassic Park and Keith Elwin as the designer. Well, you know, it's coming. Stern has the license. I don't know if they're going to make it. Number two, Ozzy Osbourne, original music pin, not a retheme like Beatles. Number three, Dungeons and Dragons TV show made after the Saturday animated show. The screen would show clips from the show relating to gameplay, etc. All the call outs and music could be pulled from the original show should be cheap to license compared to others. Okay. D&D fan, huh? Journey, original music pin and Pokemon. You could have pinballs that are powder coated to look like Pokeballs. Like first, you know, look. Pokemon pinball not existing is is crazy. If you want to expand pinball, you make a Pokemon. The problem is it's probably super expensive, but I can't imagine why there's not a Pokemon pinball machine. It would just it would be perfect. Um, top five dream themes from Tony Lamaccia. He says, "Hey Chris, big fan of the show. Found you about a year ago, right around the time of your second Twippy nomination." Really enjoy the honesty and passion in your podcast. You will definitely be getting my vote this year. Sorry, Zach. I was born in 85, so Ghostbusters and TMNT are my true dream themes. But those pins have already been made. Anyways, here are my top five dream themes in no particular order. Number one, Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Trudeau's comeback game. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's too soon. It's too soon to, to match up Trudeau and Michael Jackson. Um, I love Moonwalker, by the way. I mean, the, the, I mean, imagine a Moonwalker pin in which the final wizard mode is just smooth criminal. Oh, so good. Um, National Lampoon's Xmas Vacation. Another one. I mean, that movie is iconic and the scenes are great. And I, I mean, I know like it would be a little strange to have a Christmas pinball machine, but a movie like that, with all the humor, all the lines, and all the funny things you could put in it mechanically, you know, light up, you got to light up the house. Imagine a little house toy in which all the lights, like, you know, you got to figure out how to turn them on. Uh, you know, like everything, you have to like cook the turkey, the turkey deflates, you have to, you go shopping, you have to, uh, <laughs> like, you find the Griswold Christmas tree. You know, there's, you, you can almost, you go sledding in it. Imagine you could have like a sledding ramp and, you got to get the ball to the top. All the different scenes actually would make the best modes for pinball. So I love that idea. Um, number four, Grateful Dead. All right. Well, you know, I'm not a deadhead, but I could see why. People love the deads. Um, NHL hockey. All right. Well, look, I mean, I think these are all great ones. I think that um, Michael Jackson has been thrown around a lot. And it's just just the most expensive music to license. I, I doubt we'll ever see it because of that. All right, last one, and he cheated 
Kevin Clements gave me 10, and I'm going to read them quickly because, you know, Kevin, you're like not following the assignment. Number one, Inception. That's really weird for a pin man. I got to be honest. Number two, Matrix, of course. First movie only, of course. Uh, I agree with that. Three, Breaking Bad. Less than, yeah, uh, you know, maybe. Is it, but, but is Breaking Bad like a good pinball like theme? Like, I get the show, but, but pinball? I don't know. Kill Bill. Same thing with Kill Bill. I don't know. Something about like movies that are a little bit more serious and violent. I don't know if they make perfect pinball machines, but number five, Nightmare Before Christmas. Someone's making that. Number six, The Shining. Number seven, Jaws. We've been hearing Jaws forever. Number eight, James Bond. He writes all actors, all films. And then it's like, I'm just thinking like, yeah, that that's all impossible because of how much money that would cost. Um, number nine, Jeep Off-Road Adventure. Well, that, okay, like, you'll sell five of those. Come on. I mean, Kevin, I shouldn't be ragging on them. These are your dream themes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's end of day. And number 10, Motley Crew. Well, we know somebody has the Motley Crew license, so that's going to happen. I think we're going to see the crew game uh, from Stern Pinball next year. All right, everybody. Sorry if I've been, like, breathing heavy. I'm, like, hungover. I feel crappy, but I wanted to get you a new episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Um, before we say goodnight, just want to say... Um, you know, our condolences to the passing of Gene Cunningham that happened. Uh, for those of you who know, he passed away, I believe it was a week or two ago. And, you know, Gene brought Big Bang Bar back into the world, a huge part of the pinball community. So we just want to, uh, you know, our condolences and our thoughts and prayers with his family. And uh, I might have someone come on the show who actually worked with Gene, who was, I think Gene's like financial advisor or banker to tell some stories. So that will be coming from Canada's Pinball Podcast as well. Everyone, have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. Rick and Morty theme song to close out, whatever. I, I don't even know this song. I just, I'm playing it for you. Bye. Bye.